0: You're listening to Uprising, the rebuilt student podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car rides worth of content to help you reimagine, revive and rebuild youth ministry. Hello and welcome to Uprising, the rebuilt student podcast. I'm Allie your host joined by Daniel and Daniel, I want to know what are you loving today?
1: Well, Allie, we've had a staff member who uh, got hurt in the spring and hasn't been able Mm -hmm. to be in the office. Mm -hmm. So we were missing him and his name's John. Shout out to John, big listener. (laughs) (laughs) He's not in student ministry, so I don't imagine he probably listens to the podcast much, but we'll tell him about this episode. So anyway, John has been at home and we were missing him and we wanted to have him around. So we made a (laughs) fat head of him. I don't know if that's the proper term. That's just a brand, but we did a big it's print out of his head. It's not as big head. as
0: some fat heads are. It's not like, yeah.
1: The, yeah, the size that you put on your wall, but it's like life size. It's like a good size. Yeah. It's the size of, it's
0: yeah, probably bigger <laughs> than a normal sized head.
1: So we printed it out, a, a picture of him and we laminated it and put it <laughs> on a stick <laughs> and we walk around with John. Yep. He's all over.
0: Around. People love taking selfies with John and we Send it to him and let him know that we're missing him. That's a good thing. So I love John,
1: and I love the idea of bringing people on with you. We've done that when we've been missing ministers before Mm -hmm. for different meetings. We've just made a picture of them to have with us. So
0: people would know their face and their name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, oh, I am loving John and I'm loving that at least we have his face and his smile around here if we can't have him for <laughs> real. But I am also loving a new book I just started, and it's 31 Prayers for My Future Husband by Jennifer and Aaron Smith. So I'm currently mm. reading that, um, which is really nice. My fiance lives in another state currently. So just every night before bed, you know, we're, we're far apart, but I get to be praying, just taking some time in the middle of planning all the wedding things to just intentionally spend some time praying for him and our future marriage. So that's what I'm loving. So it's
1: praying for your future future husband. husband. Is there a praying for your future wife?
0: There is. I know I should probably get him that one, right? I was thinking, yeah, it'd be cool (laughs) if he was praying for you too. My friend just gifted me this one. So that's why I have this one. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And it can be even for non-engaged people, just for anyone who one day wants to be married. Um, for everyone and then Mm -hmm. there is a version as well for praying for your as a spouse praying for your spouse nice that'll be next (laughs) well we are on episode four of our current series rebuilding your ministry team so far we've talked about giving ministers a why um three ways to recruit new ministers and what every minister needs to hear from you So today we're going to dive into the next topic because I think everybody could probably relate to being frustrated maybe sometimes when you found something in your ministry you wanted another person to own and they just didn't do it. So you had to take it back and it was just easier to do it yourself or you thought something was a great fit for a specific minister and it turned out it wasn't. Those things have happened to all of us. We've been in that frustration. So today we're going to talk about building a team so it's not all on you, aka delegation and empowerment.
1: Yeah, and we're not talking about this because we're experts on it. No, we're but s- as always, we're talking about it as we learn.
0: I think it's a human inclination sometimes, especially in ministry, because this is our job. So we're in it full time. But then ministers come in and this is their they're volunteer, you know, they're not, they don't do this nine to five every day like we do. So it's easy to go into, it's just easier for us to do it because we know what we want. We know what we were talking about in the meeting this week about that and all of those things. I think it's natural, human.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's al- I think it's always going to be challenging for me and I'm guessing for you too, to give things away in our ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've realized a couple of things that we need to do or think. Uh, it's a mindset approach to get. I, I realize this to get over myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> get over yourself, Daniel. We all need to say that to ourselves sometimes. Need to right? get <laughs> over
1: myself. So, <laughs> this is my thought. If I am keeping my ministry from growing, if I'm being a perfectionist or being overprotective, mm-hmm. because sometimes people will forget or fail, but it's not the end of the world when they do. That's part of ministry is being able to work with people, um, even in those moments and maybe particularly in those moments, because that's where the growth happens. It's not all on me. And if others can do a job, at least 80% as well as I can, that's in plenty enough for me to give it away. That's just an arbitrary percentage, but somebody mentioned that to me lately. So we need to stop keeping our ministry from growing by being, um, over protective or controlling of it or perfectionist toward mm-hmm. it. And the biggest lesson here is to not just give away tasks, but to also give away responsibility. We talked about that a couple of episodes ago with one of our student leaders, but we also need to do it with our adult leaders. Tasks are specific things that you're expected to do. Responsibilities means that you get to decide what to do. So task would be to greet people at the front door. A responsibility would be figure out how to make teens feel welcome as they come in Mm -hmm. the doors. Task would be run the lights for a program. Responsibility would be, can you figure out a lighting plan for the program tonight? Task would be, talk about this saint for two minutes. Responsibility would be, we've got a message on saints. Can you pick a favorite and explain why you like that saint? So not just give away tasks, but give away responsibility.
0: Mm -hmm. The last couple of episodes, we've talked about how to recruit and vision cast for your team. But today we're talking more about how to use that team well. Your first and biggest lesson to learn when it comes to delegation and empowerment for your ministers is what Daniel was just talking about, tasks versus responsibilities. Tasks are to-dos and responsibilities are ownership. Today, we've got three other tips as well to help you build your team's confidence and competence. So the first is embrace the messiness. It takes a lot of work up front to get things rolling, right? And it's going to be a little messy. The second is be specific. People need to know what you're doing and how to do it before they can really take ownership and run with it. And the third is to play, play to people's gifts. So find places where people can succeed. Not everybody can do everything. We all have different gifts and talents. So identify your leaders and utilize them for what they're already gifted in. So the first idea, embrace the messiness. You're organizing people and it takes time to build systems and structures. It takes a lot of tweaking and learning as you do that building. So we've been doing this with our small group leader coaches now. It started three years ago. We had this dream for coaches and we tried to build it up. And still three years later, some feel underutilized. We haven't figured out how to get them in small groups enough to help coaching other leaders, and COVID just reset their responsibilities in our structure totally. We now know they're needed and helpful, but we're still figuring out how to use them best. It's messy, and initially it's going to be more work for you than it would be if you were just doing things yourself, but it's still worth it you have to write things out for them you have to explain to them what you're asking of them you have to communicate confirm with them you've got to follow up and evaluate it's messy but it's worth it
1: yeah i think that's one of the the things about building a team it is more work up front Mm -hmm. it is not easier to have somebody else do the work initially Mm -hmm. Um, and so it takes more time but in the end that's the right thing to do Mm -hmm. that's how ministry grows All right, so first idea, embrace the messiness. Second idea, be specific. Your volunteers need job descriptions. We um, just hired somebody new for our team and we're onboarding him right now. He'll be on our show hopefully very soon and he's two days into working with us as we record today. And that always makes it clear how much what we do is ingrained in us Mm -hmm. because like Ali was talking about, we're in the weeds and the trees every day. It's hard to see the forest in the middle of of all of that (laughs) each day. So your volunteer ministers are not in, Mm -hmm. in that everyday application. And so you need to give them a narrower scope of what they're doing and a clear vision overall and then an explanation of what they're going to do specifically in their work. So if you want them greeting teens at the door and holding the door, good. That's a specific action for them. But going into why that's so important is taking it to Mm -hmm. the next level. It's not just greeting people at the door. It's making kids feel welcome from the moment that they enter to know that we're prepared for them. We're going to greet them as Christ. And then going into how to welcome and not just greet is like next, next level. Mm -hmm. So it's not just saying hi, but finding out a little bit about them, Mm -hmm. learning their name Mm -hmm. um, and keep building people up Keep building them up as they serve pizza and lead games and say prayers and give messages, and especially as they lead small groups. And you can really do that and build their skills by being specific and offering lots of great feedback.
0: So the third and final idea is people's gifts. Find them and play to them. One of our ministers, Katrina, loves to do something during Lent and give a Catholic lesson. She has an amazing knowledge of the Catholic faith, and that's what she does with her small group during Lent. Another leader, Matt, had teens out on the water by his house, which was fun for him, and it was just an awesome day of fellowship for all of those teenage boys who came. Amy, another minister of ours, led mission projects for her small group and then for the whole program because that was where her passion was. So lead from areas of strength. Take a spiritual gifts inventory or some kind of even survey to find out where your ministers are gifted or you'll spot it yourself. You'll see them engaged in other areas of ministry or in their own personal lives as you get to know them. Find what they're passionate about and what comes naturally to them, what they're good at, and then encourage them.
1: All right, so three ways to really build your team up. Embrace the messiness, be specific, and follow people's gifts. All right, and as we always like to do, we're gonna end with one bright idea. I'll just warn you, this is a, this is gonna take a little bit of explanation. You can go check yeah. this out online. Maybe we'll link it um, below. Uh, so this comes from Michael Hyatt, and um, it's I, the best name that I could find for it was the proficiency passion model. Basically, there's, it's four quadrants. So picture four squares next to each other. And in each of the squares, there's um, kind of a crossover between proficiency and passion. So proficiency, are you good at it? Passion, are you excited about it? Mm-hmm. Where your proficiency and your passion meet is your desire. And that's where you want to be spending most of your time. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where you want to help your leaders to spend most of their time. If they're in a desire spot, they're going to love what they're doing for you. Now, the next one is if you're proficient at it, but you're not passionate about it. So you're good at it, but you don't care.
0: You don't enjoy it.
1: You don't enjoy it. So that's disinterest. So we have desire, disinterest. Now, the flip of that is if you're not passionate or not proficient, but you're passionate about it. So you're not good at it, but you for some reason care about it (laughs) that's distraction that's not really stuff that you need to be Mm -hmm. spending a lot of your time Mm -hmm. doing and then the other one is if you're not proficient and not passionate about it it's drudgery Mm -hmm. you don't like doing it and you're not good at it so desire disinterest distraction drudgery those are the four quadrants okay so what you want to try to do is figure out for yourself and for your leaders how to move them so that they're spending more of their time in that desire and less of their time in the drudgery than the distraction and the disinterest. Mm -hmm.
0: And you can do your own also of this like kind of a work day or work week audit of your time, identifying all the different tasks or things that you do throughout your week and which fall into which category. And you'll find you, you may be spending a lot of time on distraction and you realize you have to cut those things out of yours. So that is a one bright idea for you and for your ministers that will be helpful to them. Well, thank you so much for joining us for today's car rides worth of content. We love you all very much. Join us next time where we will continue this series and focus on how to form and keep forming leaders.